everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we live for preventative mental health, love, and compassion. Happy New Year! I'm Caroline Heim, and today we continue our series taken directly from the monthly live Q&As that Dr. Heim does on the iHealth Radio channel in New York with Hurricane H. So it's time for those New Year's resolutions, and many people's resolutions have to do with overcoming addictions. Funnily enough, in this episode, Dr. Heim starts by talking about compulsive shopping addiction, next sleeping issues and insomnia, and he answers a caller's question about whether medications cause insomnia. The final topic is compulsive lying. Is it genetic or learnt? Then he finishes off with a fascinating discussion about social masks. This is a absolutely jam-packed episode. So let's get started. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready, Hurricane. Hi, so so the question says, I'm a compulsive shopper and I can't control myself. Today was Black Friday and I was literally on panic mode as there were items I couldn't get at the store and missed online. Uh, This is getting serious. I'm not sure why it's happening and how to stop this behavior. Uh, Carmel. (laughs) okay Carmel thanks for sharing that and I'm sorry that you missed out on the bargains I'm sorry that you missed out online but I'm so glad that you missed out on the bargains and so glad that you missed out online because right at the moment you have experienced a lot of pain and right now you have the opportunity to use that pain to get on top of the behaviors right? Because the brain is wired to respond to pleasure and pain. All addictions, including shopping addiction, happens because it gives us so much pleasure. And shopping addiction is really real. And this is what happens. You get short-term pleasure. You get the pleasure while you're looking for something. You get the pleasure while you're choosing something. You get the pleasure while you're paying for it. You got the pleasure while you take it out of the box. A week later, though, The bills come in and that's when you get the pain and that pain lasts. So here's the dilemma. How do we get over the short-term pleasure to listen to the long-term pain so that our life becomes better? And there's a few ways of doing it. I'm going to give you a few techniques. And these techniques, of course, are techniques that are important for all addictions. So Number one is you have to recognize that you have an addiction. This is an addiction, but it is treatable. And the thing is to think about the pain first. So with alcohol, it's thinking, how am I going to feel in the morning? Drugs, it's got to do with how am I going to feel when I come down from this stuff? With shopping addiction, it's how am I going to pay for this in a month's time? And however you can do it, Put signs on the toilet wall, put signs in your bedroom, but remind yourself that this is painful. And you're going to hate me for this, but I'm going to give you a little secret. And the secret is that you actually make a choice every time you go for your addiction. There is some time where you sort of go, oh, I I feel it coming on. I feel it. I feel that I need it. I feel that I need it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, what the hell? I'll do it. All right. In that split second, there's a decision that you make, Carmel, and this decision is very important because if you can just stay in that split second and widen it out so that it is a good 20 seconds where you make a choice and where you start saying to yourself, 
I'm not going to do this, this Black Friday. I'm not going to do it. First of all, two things happen. One, it's painful, right? You're going to go, damn, I'm not going to get that pleasure. But number two, it's pleasurable. You go, hey, in the long term, I'm on my way to becoming a better person. And you will respect yourself and that will make you feel so good. And you need to think about that. You need to think about how good you feel because you made a decision to go in the direction that ultimately you actually want. So that in a nutshell is how to overcome a compulsive behavioral addiction like shopping addiction. It's hard work, but it's worth it. Well, it's amazing because, you know, you don't think about it as an addiction, right? But it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's clearly one. And, and uh, a lot of people actually do have. I mean, sometimes we all sometimes get there <laughs> in that moment where we like, I just, we want to buy stuff. And, and sometimes you don't even need this stuff. It's, it's, a, it's coming where a capitalist, you know, world these yeah, days, yeah. just yeah. about buying stuff, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you don't even need stuff, you buy it. And it's also all the, you see something on TikTok now, there's a lot of that, you know? People run to buy it, right? It's, it's right. happening. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it's like every addiction. A little bit is okay. I'll even say it's good. But a lot gets you into trouble. If it's gambling, if it's alcohol, if it's shopping, a little bit is okay because you actually have to shop to get on in life. So, so just another secret that goes with that is to keep your motivation up you need to think about what you really want in life and you find something worthwhile that will say, no, nah, I really want that. And it could be self-respect. It could be a future where you're traveling, sending your children to college or something in the future, or it could be a, a good relationship. It could be enlightenment. It could be any of these things to get you over that hump when you've got to have pain now instead of pleasure now, something worthwhile. Yes, sir. Well, well I have I have just a, a question just on the on the topic, because yeah. um, it you know most people will probably attribute you know shopaholics to maybe uh, ladies, women, but I don't think that's actually the case. I think men and women together equally do do a good amount of crazy shopping, and and you, you, on the street you see a lot of that today. Uh, you know, people actually are sleeping over, you know, at stores opening overnight since, you know, uh, early on oh. this morning. It's crazy. Again, you are totally right. This is not a female problem. This is a total population problem. And uh, a lot of men will sort of say, OK, I'm not going to be addicted to alcohol or I'm not going to be addicted to pornography. But it's that compulsive feeling that needs to find an outlet somewhere. And so shopping is a much more acceptable outlet uh, because we all do it to some degree. And so a lot of people will put their addictive energy into shopping. So I just want to encourage people out there to put your addictive energy into playing tennis, going to the gym, jogging, playing piano, learning a new instrument, learning a language, whatever that energy is, put your addictive energy to loving the people close to you and you've got a good outlet for your addictions. Well, I, I, I actually love that. And not only that, also, you mentioned something very important earlier about the idea of uh, you're going to feel better when you're not going to have problems with your finances. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. You know, and I think, I think imagine how much if you can save some of the money and invest it, let's say. I mean, some, there are people out there that say, you know, 
start investing first, take that money and, and make money, make money for you. And then you can spend money <laughs> as yes. opposed to the other way around. So it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, almost a catch 22 here. Like it's a, it's, it's a unique, you know, prosperous, you know, conversation here about, can I make money, you know, instead of buying stuff that depreciates, or at least, you know, you, you just kind of wear them once and see them a couple of times and that's it. Or sometimes you do it because you want to show off. That's and, right. And I'm sorry to say, yeah. No, 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 no. This, this is true. Human nature, you know human nature, I know human nature, we are all human, so we all bow to human nature. So I'll give you another very practical technique for anybody who's got problems with uh, shopping out there. And I use this technique to help somebody give up cigarettes, because cigarettes in Australia cost about 25 bucks uh, a packet. And so I gave this person a choice of buying another packet of cigarettes, or taking a $20 bill and hanging it on the wall every day. And so by the end of a month, this person had 30 $20 bills hanging on the wall. And because he could see them, he mm -hmm. sort of goes, damn, it's, this is actually worthwhile. Because in a year, all right, that becomes something enormous, like $7,000, all right? That's, that's, that's an amazing amount. So if you're a shopaholic, right? Actually get the cash that you would have spent if it's $600, $1,000, or just $200. You get the cash and you find yourself a money wall and you pin that cash up. I mean, make sure it's somewhere safe, obviously, right? <laughs> make sure it's someplace that you can lock up. But every time you have an urge to go out and spend a whole lot of money, because credit cards make it so easy, take the money that you think you would have spent, get the cash, put it up on the wall. And in a year, you'll be amazed how rich you can actually be. Thank you for that advice. And I, I think it's, it's, it's when you visualize it, I mean, it's amazing. Like, you it. can see, you can see the numbers. I mean, you're talking about, it, I'm seeing already that those bills piling up and them up in my mind. So yes. I know it's, 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 you can do a lot of stuff with $7,000 or whatever. And you're right. Yes. It adds up quickly, but yes. you mentioned something about credit cards and yes. that's, that's a, a consuming, you know, it's, it's almost like it's an industry. Uh, yes. It's a moneymaker and yes. it's, it's amazing. It starts that early on. I mean, at high school, you know, we already have credit companies, you know, uh, you know, uh, recruiting or soliciting, if you want to call it that. Right. Yes. And, and it's crazy because people start getting, you know, in that early on. And what you do, you don't realize sometimes you're buying something for value. Uh, even if, even if it's on sale, let's say today, it's a lot of sales. Right. And yes. an item is hundred bucks. You get it for $80, right. But then yeah. you don't pay it on time. The interest rate is thirty <laughs> percent. It's costing you hundred hundred ten instead of hundred bucks in long yes. term. So we don't pay attention to those things. And it, it's a thank you, Carmen, for the question. I mean, this is like a simple thing, but I think we we all can learn from it because it's a behavior that we all have. Uh, yes. It's just how do we control it? Like you said, it's just like alcohol, everything else. In moderation is one thing, but if you excessively do it, and you can't yes. stop. That's when yes. I think that's the that's the sign. It's like if in this case I can't stop, you know, and I get yes. crazy because I could not get my items right. You know, they yes. run out of them. Yeah. Uh, but there's also techniques about sales. I mean, there you know I'm in sales, so you you throw in different you know things to people and, right. and they try exactly. You try to try to get them in, and there's only a few items that are going to be hot, you know, with sale and limited amounts. Yeah. And you know, the first ten people, twenty people are going to get them, and the rest are not. And you know that. So almost like you're putting yourself in a position that you're not really <laughs> helping yourself here. So it's a challenge. No, no, that's exactly right. And, and uh, Hurricane, you're right. And there's nothing wrong with the way that advertising, marketing and sales work 
all over the world. Uh, we want the economy to do well, mm -hmm. and people do put in incentives so that people will make a decision. That's fine. But studies show that there are some people that are more vulnerable to addictions than to others. So if you are one of those people, and look, addiction rates in the last 10 years have risen by about 12%, uh, across everything, then, then you've just got to be a little bit cluey. And like I worked with somebody who had a gambling addiction and this particular guy loved poker machines. And he noticed that in the clubs that have poker machines, they had a machine where you can put your credit card in to get some cash uh, about a one minute walk away from the poker machines. Now, that's very convenient if you want to put money into poker machines. So what this guy had to do is he had to cut up his credit cards to say, I can't do that anymore. And he had to work with cash for a few months and life was hard only in cash until he was able to get on top of his gambling addiction. And he got to the stage where he was okay. And we, we worked on ways of not walking into those clubs anymore so he could allow himself to have a credit card. Sorry, I have a call here. So, yeah. uh, hello, caller. Yes, hello, Hurricane Agent Dr. Heim. How are you today? Good. Who well, thank you. Who are we talking to? You're talking with Scott from New York. How thank you, you doing? Scott. Hey, Scott. Really well, thank you, Scott. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I was calling, actually, where can I find this money wall that you're talking about? This money <laughs> wall. I'm looking for it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a great, great idea that I'm, I'm listening to. And I uh, definitely wanted to call in to change the topic a little bit, but that is a fantastic idea about that money wall. That's okay, Scott. Thanks for that. So I wanted to ask you, like insomnia, uh, you know, have a hard time sometimes sleeping, staying up all night. I wanted to know, it, can that be like treated with like by a psychiatrist and what is like, is there like a treatment plan for that? Okay, so insomnia. Uh, so Scott, uh, you, you're talking about, so you have a problem with sleeping? Yes. Okay, so ideally, I would sit down with you for about an hour to talk about what's happening in your particular life. But there are some general principles that I can talk about so that other people and yourself can think about how to get over insomnia. Would that help? It might help, yes. Okay. First thing, Scott, we are the only species in the whole planet that takes pills for insomnia. All the other animals, they can get to sleep. doesn't matter what sort of a day that they've had. And i got to tell you, some of the animals out there, they have stressful days. If you are a zebra and your herd was chased by a lion that particular day, you had a stressful day and yet they, they're able to get to sleep. How are they able to do that? Uh, now, the first thing that I wanna say is what that tells us is it's something in the way that we're living that is causing insomnia. It is not natural to have insomnia. So, so that's, that's the first thing. So I would actually sit down with a piece of paper or a computer file and say, why am I having trouble sleeping? and then brainstorm ideas that you know about your life that are contributing to your lack of sleep. And then what I would get you to do is to wind down after dinner. So whenever you have dinner, that's usually somewhere between six and eight at night. 
what happens is your body goes into rest and digest mode. So your whole nervous system starts to relax and to shut down. So what I encourage people to do then is don't start it up again. You know, don't start uh, going to the gym late at night. Don't start going to the work. Don't watch a high impact uh, movie or anything like that. Continue to chill, stay in chill. For people who have insomnia, it's a good idea to have a bath or a relaxing shower or to listen to some relaxing music, to think about the day. It's actually a good time to do a meditation, meditation or a body relaxation about an hour, an hour and a half before you get to bed. That really helps. And then the important time is when you're in bed and you're lying there trying to get to sleep and all of a sudden all these worries start coming up to you right? This has been my experience. All those things that have been trying to get your intention during the day now come to you. And all that you do is you say, I know that you're there. You don't talk to them. You just say, I know that you're there. You might want to write them down and say, I'll deal with you tomorrow. And then one of the best methods for getting to sleep is to be grateful, just to be grateful for the day that you've had. Look at all the times that you saw a bit of beauty. Look a bit of times when you shared a smile with somebody or think about people that you spoke with and that will start making you feel secure. And it's that feeling of safety and security that will start to get you to sleep. And then I've got to say that YouTube has a few good methods to actually get to sleep. And the best one that I have found is what you call uh, the military method of getting to sleep. And they boast that you can get to sleep in two minutes and they take you through this really short exercise where you relax your face, then you relax your chest, then you relax your legs, and then you tell your mind, go to sleep. Stop thinking, go to sleep. Stop thinking, go to sleep. And that's not gonna work the first time that you do it, but if you practice that for two weeks solidly and that's where the work is, guess what, your mind will go, oh, it's time to sleep. So yes. that's what I want to give you at the moment, Scott, as a package deal to help you sleep without knowing your specific situation. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I wanted to say, you know, um, can insomnia be caused by like certain types of medications? Yes, it can. Now we're going to start to start looking at the medications that you personally take. So I'm saying if I'm, if I'm on like high blood pressure medication, would that be a like contributing factor towards like insomnia? Yes, it can be. Yes, it can be. So there's a site called WebMD, W-E-B-M-D, and uh, you can actually type in the medication that you're taking and they will basically tell you the uh, common side effects. And if you find that insomnia is a common side effect of the medication that you're taking, uh, then it's time to see your doctor and sort of say, hey, I think I might be having a side effect to this medication. What can we do about it? Right, because then that will lead me to stay up and then do all kinds of things. And once I put the TV on because I can't sleep, now I'm watching TV for all hours of the morning, of the yes. evening, you know, going into the morning hours. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then your brain starts to associate the morning hours with watching TV and you'll go to bed and your brain will say, hey, it's TV watching time. Uh, and that's an association that you've got to break. You've got to say, no brain, this is sleep time, go to sleep. 
But if you are on medication that has a side effect of insomnia, then look it up on WebMD and then talk to your, your doctor about it to see about alternatives. Okay, that's good to know. So, so funny, because you mentioned something about lying earlier. And, and the question that I had next was about lying. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask this question. Is that true? Is that true, Hurricane? It's true. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a true. It's it's a true. It's not a lie. <laughs> so so it says I find myself always lying to everyone all the time, even when I don't want to. It is affecting my life, and I don't understand why I do it in the first place. Not sure anymore when I say the truth, Mike Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, by the way, when I laugh, I'm not laughing. You know, at the question, I'm just. No, 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 amazing. Yeah. Oh, just for the audience, it's not so they don't, I'm not being sarcastic about it. It's all fun. It, this is for the purpose to help people and, and, and really share good stuff with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is Mike from Brooklyn. Mike from Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. So uh, firstly, there's, there's a few things uh, about lying. Uh, where we're not quite sure how much of a genetic component there is, how much is a learned component. But in my experience with the people that I have uh, treated, there seems to be a bit of both with, uh, with something like lying. And um, this is all personality stuff, but I'll talk just about lying. First of all, Mike, I want to congratulate you because you've just had a moment of truth, right? You're saying, uh, I lie a lot and I don't want to. So that is a moment of truth. So first thing I want you to do is actually to feel good that you're getting this moment of truth. Now, unfortunately, lying is a habit. And it's also a coping mechanism. And the reason that people use it is because it works for them. It means that you can um, avoid conflict or get your way sometimes. But I, I, I actually know people who do it beyond that. They will even lie when they don't want to lie. And that's when you know that it's just become a habit. So in changing a habit, oh, I've just forgotten the name of the book. There's a very good book uh, talks about how to change habits. Uh, and quite frankly, if you put it into a search engine or into YouTube, uh, how to change habits, uh, it takes about 18 days to half a year to change a habit. And what you need to look at is why you've got this habit and how this habit is working for you, what it gives you. And you just need to find something different in the middle. So in other words, you want the same result that lying gives you. So let's say it's, I want to have my way. So let's take the scenario of the person who was the youngest in their family, who was not that powerful. And so they found that to get their way, they could lie. So Mike, let's say this is you. You need to find a way to get what you want without lying. And among adults, you will find some people where you sort of say, hold it, I was just lying. I just need to get my way here. People will actually stop and listen and go, oh, oh, was that a lie? Yeah, yeah. But the reason that I did that is because I want to get my way here. And you, you'll be surprised how particularly with friends, they will then help you find a way to get your way and make you feel good because you have disclosed something about yourself, which takes a lot of trust. So well done, Mike. Uh, and then you too will have these endorphins and the trust of oxytocin flowing in your brain saying, you know what? It feels good to tell the truth. I've never had that feeling anymore. And so you get more pleasure by telling the truth than the pain of lying. So 
to sum all that up, it's treating lying as a habit rather than as something that is wrong. And once it becomes a habit, you find out the good techniques to change a habit. And the technique that I'm giving you is to find some other way to get the reward that you usually get by using pleasure and pain and your friends to help. I hope that helps Mike from Brooklyn a little bit. Well, I, listen, I'm not going to answer for Mike, but I can tell you that's how <laughs> understanding the concept and maybe having a way to, to deal with it. But you're right. I mean, I think the first step is to ask the question. I mean, you realize there's a problem and at least you're, you're facing it. And I yeah, think that's that, that's that's the issue with everything, right? It's, it starts with that. I mean, sometimes admitting that you have an issue is the hardest part. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, this is the same thing we talked about shopping. We talk about other issues. You know, it's the same concept where you see there's a problem and somehow it's affecting your life. I think it's it's key for us to address it and somehow. And this is a good platform. And, and again, there's many ways to do this. And uh, But, you know, uh, at least the step to call in or at least send in the, the question was important. And we started there and hopefully we can help somebody's life right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's very difficult to ask a question like that because there's so much shame associated with lying because people judge you for lying. So, and, and this is why I said to Mike, Mike, you're, you're having a time of truth here. You want to get over something. Congratulations. Uh, because you're telling a deeper truth than the rest of it. Because the truth is, Hurricane, we all lie. Okay? It's just that there are some people who lie a whole lot more than other people. Right? It depends on how you define a lie and where on that spectrum it is. So, so Mike, you're, you're not alone. Right? And it's when we can trust each other as human beings, then the whole need for lying starts to fall away. But, but doctor, you know, so that is, that is a, an amazing thing, right? Why is it that we, by default, as humans have to lie? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's almost something that we cannot escape and you can, I mean, it's, I know it's difficult, but being honest is probably the best, you know, way to live. And, you know, but yeah. I think because we are afraid to either say the truth or or it's not going to give us what we need. And I think that's really what the challenge is. But it's yeah. amazing. Like, it's almost like a condition. It's like, it's a disease that we have to have. And we certainly don't have to have it, but it's it's part of life. And if everybody asks the questions about themselves, I shouldn't be lying. And we all are honest with each other. Um, yeah. And tell it as it is, or don't say it. If you don't yeah. want to say it, just don't say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, let me water down lying and let's sure. get down to wearing social masks, which we all have. Mm. And we all need a social mask because uh, Hurricane, could, if, if you imagine that everybody uh, could read each one of your thoughts, you go, hold on, hold on. I, I don't want everybody to read all of my thoughts. All right. Because I can't handle all of my thoughts. So I don't want you guys to try to handle my thoughts. So, so what we've, evolved as human beings is a mask first right so at least we can decide what information goes out to other people so we filter things that we think so that we can come across more friendly to each other because that's absolutely what we want but um, I've got a bit of a thinner filter and sometimes I share too much with other people and so people like me have to learn to just Hold back a little bit more. Don't expect so much of other people, all right? Just be a bit more gentle with what other people can cope with. Uh, but other people have a very thick social mask so that you never really get to know what they're thinking 
or what they're feeling. And this becomes a problem because when you want to grow close to a person, you want them to drop that mask a little bit. And dropping the mask means being a bit more truthful and a bit more trusting. So it's a delicate balance. I love the analogy of a mask because um, I think there was a, um, it's a metaphor, right? <laughs> we, all, yeah, yeah. we all wear masks. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but it's amazing because uh, to your point, it's, it depends on the thickness. Some people have just so much of a poker face and you can't even tell and you can yeah. dive in. And some people are a little bit easier to read. Uh, it, it's just, you know, it depends on, I guess, a lot of factors. Some people have been brought up in an environment that if they don't lie, maybe they can survive, whatever the case may be. And it could be the opposite. It's just they do it because that's what gets them whatever they want. So it could yeah. be multiple reasons. And it's, you know, it's sad, but it is a reality. And you're right. None of us really thinks, oh, I'm a liar too. I lied a few times, if not yeah. too many times. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we ask that question, did I ever lie? Do I lie? And how frequently I lie? I think we're all going to be like surprised and amazed about what the hell that is. Because we'll be like, holy moly. I mean, it's crazy because we do. And I know, I mean, I'm guilty as charged. No, I mean, so, I mean, I'm not saying that we lie about big things, but you're right. I mean, we white lies, little lies, you know, uh, good lies, you know, there's no such thing as a good lie, I think. <laughs> but but it's unfortunate. But yeah, but but, it, but anyway, it's a, it's a filter. And, and just one last thing I want to add to this is if everybody and I do this in my love book that uh, if you see all the people in your life, in terms of circles around you, you can be much more truthful with the people who are really close to you. In fact, it's important to be more truthful with people who are close to you. Whereas people who are further away, let's say work colleagues or an acquaintance that you see once every three years, you are not going to say the same thing to the person that you share a bed with. They're, they're just different things. And we take that for granted. But if we think of that in terms of the mask and the thickness of our mask, uh, the idea is to have as thin a mask as you can have to the people really close to you. But then as you go outside the circle, when you're meeting a business associate for the first time, uh, you need to have a, a mask that is a business mask that is going to get you the outcome that you want. It doesn't mean that you need to lie, but it means that you have to hold back a whole lot of things about yourself. Well, that, that's, that's an important piece because I think not sharing any, you know, everything doesn't mean that you're lying. You just you know, you, right. you, so so the, the lack of sharing information is not lying. You just don't tell. Like somebody was like, oh, you lied. You didn't tell me. Like, I didn't tell you. I didn't lie to you. <laughs> lying yeah, is giving right. you a false truth. I'm not giving a false truth. I'm just not yeah. telling you anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, you and, make your and, own and also, mind. And also sometimes keeping information back is actually being kind because it's very difficult to let people know the complexity of what you're thinking in your particular situation or to burden them with certain emotions uh, and obviously, as a psychotherapist, as a clinician, what I do is I create a space so that people can share those things because we have this forum where we can tease things apart and we can actually work on it to get things better. But sometimes, like, you can't do that to your children or your parents sometimes because they will never be able to see life exactly from your point of view. Well, again, if you lie in... Uh, it's a problem because people lose trust and therefore, you know, crying wolf type of thing, right? <laughs> you know, you yeah. can say it, I'm not going to believe you, right? Uh, that, so that, that trust factor goes away. But I think on the flip side, you know, uh, sometimes people get offended when you give them the truth. Yes. Uh, and yes. and I, I've experienced that myself. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you tell someone, well, this, as 
tell it as it is. And they don't like it. Like, you know, what do you mean? Well, I'm telling you what's up, <laughs> you know, take it or leave it, you know, but again, you have to be willing to accept that reaction because they might not really be uh, very open to it because yes, that's, just, right. Yeah. that's right. And we're allowed to decide you're allowed to say things like uh, if somebody asks you a probing question, uh, you're, you're allowed to say, well, actually, I, I just feel uncomfortable sharing that with you. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, so you're allowed to hold things back. And sometimes when you're saying something that is truthful, but could potentially be hurtful, it's a good idea to ask for permission. Do you mind if I level with you? Look, I got something that's been bugging me about our relationship that I want to let you know. Is it okay to let you know? So the idea is to be truthful, but also to be gentle. And so th there are some people like Mike that may need to learn to be a bit more truthful, but there may be some people like us, Hurricane, that may need to learn to be a bit more gentle, all right? <laughs> well, uh, you, can be, you can be blunt, right? And, and, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, you got to be diplomatic about how you do it. Maybe you can, you know, phase it in, you can smooth in. I mean, there's, there's ways to do it. There's a start. Yeah. But, but you're yeah. right. I mean, you, you know, you can present a value that presents the solution or the truth. And, oh, damn, I didn't see it that way. You know, I mean, there's ways. I've, I've done different things in different ways, so it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you try different things to see what works for you. Well, again, yeah, what works for me is definitely going to not necessarily work for the others. But, but you're right. It's, I think the truth concept is a big deal. We can have a whole discussion about just that. Because uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we can, because what's linked to truth is trust. And, and this is what's very difficult because uh, the way that we're living in our society at the moment means that we are trusting each other less. Uh, and it's, it becomes more difficult to tell the truth when you can't trust somebody that's either close or not that close to you. So uh, that's, that's why it's good for families to get together because the wonderful thing is you can share things that you disagree on with your family without getting shot, all right? And that's already a bonus, okay? It's because of the trust and the trust is there because of the love. But somebody's actually got to use the word, hey, I'm glad we can have conversations like this. It shows how much trust there is in our family. Okay, that's true. And that feels good. Well, uh, listen, I hope and I wish that, you know, we all can use some of these principles and, uh, uh, you know, apply them and, you know, share them with our friends. I mean, Scott early, he said, I want to like that, that board, the, the money board. So maybe people can take, you know, some of these, you've given a lot of tips today about different ways to handle different situations. So I think we can benefit and everybody watching and listening today and later on, it, this is going to be great for them to, to take something home and, and, and apply it in real time work. It can, it can, it can change your life literally. For the positive. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we're about, Hurricane. We're, we're here to help people change their lives. And if we can be a part of that, that's that's wonderful. Ooh, so much to digest, hey, in this episode. If you want to, listen again and share with a friend if you found it useful. Also, Dr. Heim recorded some really interesting podcasts earlier about addictions. So you can look at episodes 10, 11, and 12 in his podcasts if you want to hear more about that. And as usual, if you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word, and recommend them to others. Looking forward to having your company next time and we wish you a happy healing new year. Take care.